I'm Joyce Young. I'm a photographer, film producer, and podcaster. And so welcome everyone to HN Powerhouse. Co-hosting with me is Nicole Yap, founder of HN, a beautiful NFT collection with the artwork by Mr. Hike, celebrating diversity and female empowerment while focusing on building community. We welcome our very special guest today, Debbie Soon, co-founder of Hug, alongside Randy Zuckerberg and former VP of One Championship. And before that, uh, let me pass the mic over to Nicole for a few words. Um, hello, everybody. Welcome to our podcast. Yeah, it's eighth episode. And it's amazing to have you here, Debbie. My name is Nicole. Nicole, you can call me HN Mom. I'm the founder of HN NFT, an NFT project with a supply of 8,888 on the Ethereum network. HN launched on December 2021, and we were top trending on OpenSea for seven days. We had a volume of 10 million US dollars traded in ETH in 24 hours. Yeah, so on the side, I'm advising for 8consultant.io as an advisor. I went to com- companies to join into the space and to jump onto the space and also advising existing NFT projects as well that needs, you know, any sort of guidance or help. I started Asian with the aim to create a global and inclusive community that would bring together individuals who share my region for the Asian cultures. So my goal is to represent, to educate, to get more women in the space, to build a lasting presence and to build a global brand for Asian. I'll pass the mic to Joyce and I'm really excited to get to know more about Debbie and her journey. Yeah, really happy to have you here. Thanks. And uh, so, yeah, let's get started. I'll ask Debbie telling us about Hug and what inspired you to start it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, obviously, great to share the stage with you, Nicole, and, and Joyce, and with the rest of the Asian community as well. So my name is Debbie. I'm the co-founder of Hug, which is a company that I founded together with the one and only Randy Zuckerberg. We are kind of Web3's friendliest community of creators and curators. We are currently mentoring and advising close to 30 different NFT projects, and we are also building um, or rather going to be launching soon discovery and review platform for NFTs. So kind of think about it like your Google business or your Rotten Tomatoes, whatever is your favorite review site, um, but having that for NFTs. So, you know, we're really stoked that that's going to be launching soon. I kind of found myself in Web3 at the start of the year. I have been invested in crypto personally since 2019, but frankly, didn't really have too much time to delve into it. I've been involved in early stage startups for the past four years now. So if anyone here has been has worked in a startup before, you know, that is pretty full on. So just never really much time to dedicate to kind of learning something new about crypto and the blockchain and Web3 and all of that stuff. And it wasn't until the start of this year when, you know, I found I had some time and really got, really wanted to throw myself in there uh, and then made the decision that I wanted to go make the leap and enter Web3 full time. I met Randy in Discord, actually. So the most Web3 story imaginable. Met Randy there and yeah, kind of came together and decided to found Hug. And one thing that we we're really excited about is just being able to support creators and meet them where they're at. And like what we say, um, we love to level the playing field for anybody to succeed in Web3. What we're building for the inclusiveness. And so we want everybody to feel like they are included and feel like that they belong. That's amazing. Um, and it's a great journey and good to hear it started quite early on, uh, 2019. And can you explain more detail in terms of different parts of Hub? So you have the curator and cr- creative portion, but you also have the advising portion as well, right? Uh, maybe we can uh, expand a bit more. Like I said, the overall mission is really about supporting creators and meaning of where they're at. I think we've identified a number of challenges that creators face in a Web3 space. Um, you know, first of all, we recognize that obviously Web3 has given creators so many new opportunities to, you know, whether it is generate revenue, whether it is to meet their collectors or go direct to their consumers. I think Web3 has definitely created unprecedented opportunities compared to influencers, I guess, you know, on Instagram or YouTube, right? The, those platforms take a lot more compared to the likes that we're seeing today at NFTs. But 
at the same time, it also presents a lot of challenges. We're seeing kind of two main challenges. The first being that of education. I think a lot of, or just mentorship and advice. A lot of creators, they are really good at art, right? Like they're creators, but not a lot of them had necessarily have a business background. And so that's why we're here to really kind of offer that perspective. And, you know, all of our team has extensive experience across whether it's entrepreneurship, whether it is actually um, building creative artistic businesses, like um, producing a show on Broadway or for TV or even writing books. So that's really one side of the business. And then the other side of the business is really solving the problem of discovery. I think we can all relate that at the moment, OpenSea is kind of where you find all of the NFTs so you see what's trending. But obviously you have every single collection imaginable on OpenSea and it's just incredibly hard to navigate. And then the other way of getting the word out is obviously on Twitter. But, you know, we are once again kind of subject to the mystery algorithm of how do you get noticed. So, you know, we really felt that there were some good existing solutions or comparables from how we're discovering new products today, right? Like just good search engines with that come with reviews. So I just move apartments. I'm looking for new restaurants to try. Like, where do I go? I go onto Google. I kind of see what's near me. I read the reviews and then I make a decision if whether I want to go eat at this restaurant or not. Same with movies. I want to go to the cinema. I want to see what's playing. You know, I'll read and see, okay, this could be a movie that's for me. And so likewise, we feel that that's the same for a lot of NFT projects. I think we appreciate that it's very hard to be objective about an NFT project or community, right? Because these can all be formed around values, interests. I think that's like by definition what a community is when a group of people come together with shared values, with shared interests, with shared goals. And so we really wanted to create this platform where you could go on and you could discover projects by missions and causes that you are passionate about, right? So for example, if I were really passionate about sustainability, I'll be able to filter through projects that have sustainability as a cause and, you know, see which one is, is right for me based on what other people are saying about it. So that's really kind of what we're building on the platform side, what we're calling the hug. And then, well, everything is the hug, but, you know, we have the hug where it's just a review platform. We have what we're calling all the mentorship and advisory programs or what uh, under what we call Hug Studios. And at the center of this is obviously all of our Hug community members, which includes not just the NFT holders, but obviously all of the creators that go through the program as well, which includes Nicole and, and the rest of the agent team. That's amazing. Uh, looking forward to that because it is quite hard to sift through your good information versus not so great information. As you mentioned, Nicole and Agent is one of the program that you mentor and one of the cohorts. Can you speak a bit more about that program? You know, obviously all of this is new, so we've definitely had a lot of learnings that continue to go off. And so we actually, you know, upgrading and refining our program offering. So now all of our accelerated programs are six months long. And within that six months, it comes with a number of things, um, like a one-month intensive curriculum in the beginning, but the opportunity to take on additional advanced modules about different topics that could be relevant or of interest. And then also recognizing that a lot the projects that we work with actually do require kind of technical support or even like Discord security audits. So, you know, that's another thing that we provide. And I think a huge part of the value that is created by accelerated programs is really being able to be in community with other people who are going through the same thing. Until you are there kind of launching an NFT project or running a Web3 community in this space that is moving so fast, it's really hard to understand like what, like it's hard for somebody else to understand what you're doing, right? And I think already we've seen over the past six months, like the landscape today is very different from, you know, what it was like six months ago. And people that go through the program with you and being able to connect with them, being able to support each other whether it's through amplifying, you know, some of the initiatives that you have, 
being on Twitter spaces together, co-organizing kind of community activities. So I think there's a lot of, I think what a huge value of it is really just kind of being there in community with each other. We're now having cohorts like once every quarter. I think in the beginning, we were a little ambitious. We thought that we could take on new cohorts like once every other month. But now we're realizing that once a quarter, um, you know, gives us more time to spend with each project really understand kind of where they're coming from you know understand what the challenges are especially as i said the space just evolves so quickly amazing yeah it sounds sounds like an awesome program and uh, maybe i asked nicole how did you actually find out about hug and how did you get connected and, and experience so far i guess we connected in february or march this year i actually saw tweets like on twitter like people sharing and retweeting and i saw that ivy and randy were doing this uh group hug together Back then, I think it's called, just called the hug. Well, it's just called hug, right? And then I think you guys changed it. You guys had women rise in your cohort, Meta Eagles and Boss Beauty, right? And I was following, I mean, I'm a holder of all of the NFT projects. And I saw that they were part of this amazing cohort. And I reached out, I DM'd Debbie. I said that, oh my God, you know, this is so cool. I wanted to be a part of it. And later on, we then connected, we jumped on a call. And then, yeah, the next thing I, I know, I would not, like we were in their cohort for like a second batch. And I really like the support that Randy and Debbie has given the whole NFT community. A lot of them, you know, this bro culture is really strong, right? But if you go to Bug, you can see that there are a lot of women in the space. And I do think that they are curating a kind of like a safe space as well for upcoming creators looking to jump onto the space. And also, I just checked out the website and the Group Hub website is actually really, really good. I love the colors and everything else. And I like how this acts kind of like a filter. Because you go on OpenSea and you are so overwhelmed. You don't know where to start. I know that they have categories. It's not filtered properly. And at the same time, there are so many fake projects out there, just like for Asian collection as well. But before, when, when we were not verified, a lot of our members actually bought like a fake Asian. I could see how group hug, a group, the hug XYZ can actually kind of solve that issue. Because if you want to mint something, you go directly there, you filter it, you go to the project, and then it will bring you directly to the open sea. So that is one way to kind of stop the scams and also for people to buy from the actual project and not like a fake one. So that is really good. But overall, I'm really happy to be a part of, I do see this as a long-term partnership or to grow. I, at the same time, a lot of, you know, people use, often treat all women projects as competitors, but we're not, we're not competitors. This space is so new that we need more women creators here because there is not enough women projects for the world. Like yesterday I checked, there was only like 10,000 MetaMask wallets created and the stats actually went up like 1000% because a couple of months ago, we only had 800,000 MetaMask wallets. You know, if you look at the amount of people that we have in the world, which is 8 billion, we are so far apart, right? Like for me, I feel that we should definitely gather together and kind of have like a stronger voice to push this Web3 space and to get more people on board into the NFT space. Because I think this is such a wonderful place to be and everyone here is so nice. And I do, and I always say this to my team, but I feel that 
like everyone in the NFT scene and the crypto scene right now, they are like the top tier of humankind. We are all like geniuses and, you know, really, really smart people. So everyone that you have connected in the space, regardless, you know, project founders or even collectors, if you connect with them, they are all so amazing individuals. This is just a really amazing space to be. Debbie, you speak to the inclusivity as well. That's very important for Hug. So I think that definitely comes through. Going back, you mentioned you got into blockchain or crypto in 2019, but what got you into that? Yeah, no, I mean, I'll be very honest. I think back in 2019, I really had no idea what I was doing. It was just more of it. Somebody said, hey, like, you know, throw some money into crypto. I was like, going to throw in like a small amount of money and just kind of see what happens. And, you know, I feel like kind of ridden it all the way up, ridden it all the way back down again. So, like, I think, um, I think one thing that I really learned from that experience was when I first got, you know, I put in like, you know, I don't know, a few hundred dollars or whatever into crypto at the time. And then when things started turning around and the value of my investment started coming down, I was just like, oh my gosh, like crypto is a scam. And I think a lot of that just came from obviously like the touchy and not understanding what it can do. So I always say, you know, now that we are in a bear market, it's actually the greatest opportunity to kind of just win, right? To, first of all, to bring in more people into the space. And second, to really bring in people into the space, not so much from, I mean, obviously there is, there are investment opportunities, but bringing in people, not so much from an investment standpoint, but really getting people to understand what is the potential of this technology and what can it do? What can it um, enable in the future? And, you know, we are definitely, some years away from that it is just such a great time for everyone to kind of learn together and i would always say that what i regret like back then you know like kind of writing that last bear market wasn't so much that you know i had paid the losses of that amount but it was just more that i didn't actually bother at that time um to really kind of you know keep up with what nfts were right like you know i missed like all of these years where all, all these amazing things was happening and so you know when i found myself in a position to explore new opportunities at the start of the year i was like, okay, you know, I can't have this happen to me again. I mean, I really want to take my time to, first of all, understand the technology. Second of all, find the right communities to ingrain myself in, to meet other people, to really, you know, make friends. I think first and foremost, it's just about being genuine and authentic and building real connections. And then after that, seeing what inspires me and, you know, how I want to build and how I want to create and really kind of be part of a movement to, you know, further Web3 along, to get more people on board, to, you know, really kind of take of the technology that we have today, but build an infrastructure around it so other people can be successful as well. You know, it echoes with me as well in terms of like, you know, I've kind of followed live, and I do want to ask, Debbie, actually, you have a couple of H and NFT. How did you first hear about H and how did you get into that? Yeah, no, I mean, I think um, I was very excited to see the Asian collection come together. Um, you know, I'm from Singapore originally, so I'm Singapore born and raised. I, I now live in LA, uh, but I only moved here about 18 months ago. My family and my friends are still um, are still in Singapore. I really do think that representation matters. I think that's something that's very important, not just in Web3, like in, in everything, like I think in media, like in movies and music. Representation is something that is so important to really inspire the next, the current as well as the next generation. Um, and I think one thing that I really love about the Asian collection was that being Asian, uh, there's a lot of different ethnicities. You know, it's a very diverse group of people, even when you're just looking at Asian as a whole. And so, you know, I think I really appreciated how diverse the collection was and how it showcased, you know, many different cultures, many different skin tones. And that was just something that, you know, I just felt, you know, really proud to be a part of and to kind of see my culture being represented there. Um, you know, that I think is so important to, to just be able to kind of point at that and be like, there is a place and a space for us in Web3. And so, yeah, even for me now, like, even though I live here in LA and I'm actually going back to Singapore in a couple of weeks, which I'm really excited about, a lot of this for me is really about how can I fly you know, my country's high, right? Like, how can I do Singapore proud? Like, Singapore has given me so many opportunities, has, you know, given me my entire education. It's like an incredible place to live. How can I really take what given me to kind of really inspire the rest of, you know, everyone that's back home? 
So true. Yeah. In terms of like, all of it and representation. But I do want to uh, go back, you know, your background. I mean, just kind of taking a step back and I know you VPS one championship and you did different programs in between. So maybe you can talk a little bit about each step of the way, how you made it successful. Yeah, it, I mean, it's funny because I, I'm always a firm believer that everything happens for a reason and that you may not know it at the time. But I, at every point in my life, I think when I look back, I'm like, oh, you know, that's the reason why things happen in a certain way. But yeah, I actually got my career started off investor. So um, I was an investor for seven years and I was primarily focused on the consumer sector and the consumer industry. So my portfolio companies were all of the big Fortune 500 consumer companies like Nike, Tiffany, even freaking, I don't know, what was it? Yum Food. So that's like KFC, Taco Bell. So, you know, like I, everything from restaurants, luxury to retail to automotive. So I had to spend seven years doing that. In the middle of that, I kind of realized that financial investment wasn't really my thing. So got inspired to found my first startup, which I did when I was 24, 25. And that was a boutique indoor cycling studio. So it was kind of like SoulCycle, but, for, but it was the first indoor cycling studio in Singapore and in Southeast Asia, actually, at the time. And so I kind of ran that as a little bit of a side hustle while still having my finance job. Eventually exited that business continue in finance for another few years. I guess at the end of those seven years, decided that, oh, I wanted to return to the world of startups again. Um, I've always considered myself entrepreneurial. I found myself in this company called uh, One Championship. So maybe not as well known um, outside of Asia, but essentially it's Asia's version of the UFC. So uh, we have like MMA events. Um, so I worked in live sports, you know, had conversations with athletes. Uh, at one, I kind of became the startup within a startup person. So um, every time our CEO had some kind of new initiative, I was the one who would kind of make it happen, you know, from nothing. So um, help one set up it's Japan business. So like kind of did that from scratch. Like there wasn't anybody that worked on Japan. Uh, threw our first couple of events in Tokyo. Also started an esports business for one championship. Kind of helped them go from martial arts into gaming and esports. And then I think last but not least, what I was working on was starting a whole uh, merchandise business. So like uh, got our consumer product, basically head of the consumer products division. Started a whole Shopify store, new product, new design, um, logistics, um, all, all that kind of stuff. And I think when I look back at all of these different startup benefits, whether it was on my own or whether it was kind of in like a slightly larger company is that I realized that I picked up a whole bunch of different skills along the way. First of all, with my cycling studio, realizing now that I had actually kind of built a community um, there and I didn't even realize that it was a community. It was just more of, hey, you know, we just have this cool spot that we wanted people to come exercise and have fun while doing it. And I think what I realized then is that actually a lot of friends that I've made from back then, 2014, 2015, they are my closest friends today, right? Like they, like, um, you know, we still talk like, you know, every week. And yeah, like some of them would be people that I worked with. Some of them would be people who just came to take out my cycling classes. I was um, a spin instructor. So I think that's what I kind of realized from that. Obviously, like I've never considered myself much of a gamer, but then, you know, setting up an esports business, you know, really seeing as well, like the power of like subcultures or like countercultures and how powerful that is. And, you know, recognizing that even if I may not fully understand it, just, just knowing not to write it off. And I think like a lot of the times in Web3, a lot of big companies kind of come in and they see these things and it's very easy to be, I don't understand it. So, you know, it's not going to be something worth taking notice of, but that's definitely something that I kind of realized from, you know, working on gaming and esports. Another reason why, I just also got really, you know, excited about NFTs was because I just view them honestly as consumer goods, but on the blockchain. And like I said, having looked at so many companies across different consumer industries, having run an e-commerce business, you know, it's really the same thing as me selling a t-shirt, but now I'm selling that t-shirt that now lives on the blockchain. And there are obviously all of these other benefits that come from that. Um, so it's just been really interesting kind of seeing how all my various experiences kind of come together. And I think, 
it's also helped me to realize that a lot of the times, at least in myself, I never built a cycling studio before I did it. I never launched an e-commerce before until uh, e-commerce business before until I did it. Um, and so one of the things that I like to say is that nobody really knows what they're doing until they've done it. And I think especially in this environment where Web3 is so new and it is so constantly evolving to be to come on and say, oh, you know, I'm an expert. I've been following this space for X number of years. Like a lot of that just doesn't really carry much weight just because of how quickly the space is evolving and how many new innovators there are going to be. So I think, you know, one really important skill being so early and building in Web3 at this stage is just being able to, you know, first of all, be very adaptable and also being very receptive to everything that you're seeing in the market and also being very humble to know that you don't have all of the answers and, you know, just try and figure it out along the way with everybody else. It's amazing advice, amazing to hear your journey and uh, just being able to see that opportunity, but not be afraid, proud, you know, just brave enough to get in there and just start it. I said, even like, let's say cycling or all the business you got into, you may not know exactly, but you know, there's something there, there's an opportunity and you just figure out and do it. Nicole, I mean, you, you before NFT, you started um, a bubble tea chain, uh, you know, along the same vein, you, you really kind of embrace things that you're interested in, you find has potential, just get in there. Maybe you can kind of talk about your experience as well. Yeah, well, don't you think that this space is just so amazing? It's like we are all here together in this room. But, you know, every one of us, we have different backgrounds. You know, we have like different stories to tell. But then we have one thing in common is that we are all like here for the space, for the Web3 space. You know, going back to my journey. Yeah, I before NFTs, I actually opened a bubble tea stores. So after uni, um, I went to school in Melbourne. Then I came back to Malaysia. Then I saw that there is this bubble tea trend craze going all around the world and the place that I was in Malaysia we didn't really have much bubble tea stores so that is where I bought a franchise and later on we expanded to 13 out in Malaysia and then we opened one in Melbourne as well so that happened but then unfortunately the pandemic happened and then later on all of the business was affected it's still here it's still running then later on we had to go through this lockdown and we were home and then that's where I found out about NFTs and you know Later on, I decided to start my own NFT project, Asian, when I saw that there was this gender gap and also there, was, there wasn't any NFT that was representing the Asian cultures and women in the space. I myself as an Asian woman, you know, I wanted to kind of represent myself into the NFT space. So that is how Asian was born. And yeah, here we are today. You know, it has been seven months this crazy journey and honestly it feels like it has been years i was kind of planning like oh what we should do on our um first anniversary right and i'm just looking back because i was compiling all the milestones that we that we have achieved partnership and i was putting it on the pdf and we have like 15 pages it's insane so i was like okay i need to i need to cut it short and we're only halfway there right because it's only seven months in like a little more than halfway so um really excited to see you know how we could you know like where we will be at when we are at uh, our first year anniversary so this space is just so amazing and every day I, I get to learn new things connect with really amazing people and I think that is um, what is I mean that is what keeps us going in the space like even during the bear market we are still here we are still really excited to build like every day I wake up I'm still motivated to do like work for Asian, right? To build this space. I'm pretty sure Debbie, you know, you can kind of relate to that as well. But I want to know, like, how, how do you balance your time? Do you even take days off? And, you know, what are some of your advice that you would give to NFT founders or people in the space? Like, how do we find that balance? Um, yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a great question. And, and first of all, yeah, I love that because I'm just like, oh my gosh, like we have um, 11 full time at Hug, um, and but obviously like a great team of like part time moderators and like micro community heads. But yeah, I mean, obviously, it's just so there's always so much there's always more that you can do. But 
balance in Web3 is something that, you know, all of us can, that can always do better at. There is so much stuff going on um, all the time, right? Like, I think even outside of what we are building, you know, ourselves, you know, there's always kind of industry innovations that are happening, right? Whether it's like, oh, it's a free mint meta to now, like, people are saying it's CCO summer, but then there's also like a bunch of like corporate, big corporates that are coming up with their, their mints and all this, like a huge security breach, a security hack that's, um, that's happening. So there's always so much that's happening. And I think one of the things is just being kind to ourselves, knowing that it is kind of impossible to keep up with everything. And, you know, we can always do it to the best of our abilities. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, there are only 24 hours um, in a day and hopefully we spend a bunch of that resting and recovering. So I think the first that I would say is just always kind of be gracious with yourself. And then also just kind of checking in on yourself and making sure that you're not like feeling that burnout. I remember when I was actually back visiting home in Singapore a few months ago um, and I was like really jet lagged. So it wasn't like I wasn't sleeping mostly because of the jet lag. But then I would wake up and be like 5, 6 a.m. And I realized, oh, the U.S. is still awake. So might as well just stop working. And, you know, ended up pretty much like working around the clock and, and like and trying to mix that in with like seeing friends, seeing family. So, you know, ended up being a lot. And I realized for the first time since I started this, you know, my Web3 journey that it got to the point where I just wasn't having fun anymore for those couple of weeks. And I think it's really important to kind of listen to yourself and really see like, hey, are you genuinely feeling okay? And at the end of the day, if you're not having fun, if you're not learning, like there's no point in like kind of pushing yourself to be on your limits. Something that, you know, that I, I definitely still continue to practice. Um, I think having routines that are outside of Web3 are so useful. Like for me, I love to, you know, go to the gym at least like four times a week. Yeah, like I get that not everybody has that luxury and you know, I'm not a parent, so I also don't know how like um, you do it, Nicole, or like um, all of the parents of Web3, I always feel like that is um, so much more responsibility than I could handle on top of having to build a business. I have a dog and it feels like um, enough responsibility. So I definitely take my hats off to all of the parents um, out there. Same as yourself. I feel that I look at all these other women in the space and I'm like, oh my God, I don't know how you guys do it. And that is, that is what people say about me as well. But I guess like for us, we just get it done. You know, a lot of the times we just, if I really want something, I would just find a way to just get it done. It's just like how year on, um, I was late, um, like dropping off my kid to school. And I was like, oh my God, I wouldn't, you know, I, I don't think I can make it in the space. And I just kind of manifested like, okay, I, like, I, like, I'm just going to get it done, right? I'm just going to find a way. And even if I can't, I'm just going to do it in the car or something. You know, once we have passion to do something that we love, we, we will just kind of figure it out. This is why I feel that at the end of the day, uh, we will definitely need to take care of ourselves because the space don't sleep and there's so many things happening every day, as you said. I mean, I realized that for me to lead a team and to kind of build a company, I'll definitely need to make sure that I'm in right and healthy mindset or else then I will kind of give that stress and anxiety to the team and that wouldn't work well you know so of course that has happened a couple of times I have been burned out a lot of the times and a few times I even kind of like just shut off like from my phone for like the entire day I just told my team I was like okay I'm gonna go off for like 24 hours I'll be back you know and then when I came back I realized that the, everything is still there it's fine it's like if you don't work for like even if you take a break for like 24 hours your company will still be there your team will still be there and thank goodness you have a team so that if, even if you're not like even if you're off screen things can still run I mean that is one advice that I will give like you know startup companies or entrepreneurs is that to definitely take a break to take things slow and to, yeah just basically take a break and to, for you to kind of have a healthy uh, mindset to think of the direction that you want to go, right? So I think at the end of the day, we need to take care of ourselves in this space. What I want to ask both of you, what is your reset ritual, if there's any? 
I guess like for me, it's just spending time with my kids. I feel that they give me so much energy. And sometimes whenever I'm sad or like, you know, I'm stressed about something, I just spend time with them. It, it can just be like building Legos or like, you know, just watching like Coco Melon. And I think I do enjoy all these little moments because for me, I do have that mom guilt is that sometimes I work too much and then I just feel bad and like, oh, I, I can't spend time with them to go to like the park or something. So that is kind of like my reset time. And I really do enjoy spending time with my kids. Oh, I love that. And I also, I have two young nephews back in Singapore, so I'm very familiar with the, the baby shark. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think for me, it really is trying to get outside, especially on weekends. Uh, well, I try to work as little as possible on weekends. So I make sure that I kind of like give it my all during the week, but make sure that like over the weekends, I have that time to myself. I love watching sports. So um, I love it when it's like, and then a lot of sports games can happen on weekends as well. So that's like a really good way for me to unwind. And yeah, like I said, I just love being outside and in nature and you know, obviously LA is like a great place for that. So I do want to ask Debbie and Nicole, like, what are some of the major changes you've seen in the space in the past few months or maybe a year even? Um, yeah, oh my gosh, I mean, I think even just even in the past month alone or past couple of weeks alone, we're just kind of seeing, like I said, so many new trends or new ways of doing things. And, you know, it's not all of them will last. On a broader scale, I think we are seeing a lot more projects. There are a lot more projects in the market today than, than there were, uh, you know, six months ago. And then coupled with kind of like a bear market um, environment because of what's happening in the overall macro economy, right? Like inflation, rising interest rates, you know, all of these like global macro uncertainty. So it definitely makes kind of NFTs, like in terms of projects or communities, I do think it has become a little bit more challenging for anybody that's like, hey, you know, I'm going to start a new community because um, there are more communities being formed every day or more projects being formed every day than there are people being brought into the space. So I think that's something to kind of be aware of. The other thing is that that we're starting to see now um, is definitely a lot more corporate interest in the space, but not necessarily them knowing the best way to kind of handle or navigate that environment. So there's kind of pros and cons in that I think we are starting to see is getting into the headlines where it is going to prompt more mainstream adoption when people see that, oh, you know, Tiffany has like an NFT, which is also a pendant of like some weird pixelated crypto, right? Like, um, but it gets people talking about it and it starts drawing more eyeballs and attention into the space, which ultimately is what we all need, right? Like we're all here because we are all trying to get towards mainstream adoption. So I think there will be a lot of mistakes made along the way by corporates, but, you know, they can afford to make those mistakes. They have, um, you know, very healthy balance sheets. I do think it is positive in that, you know, it just gets more eyeballs and attention to Web3 and NFTs. And like I said, it really is more about like, you know, NFTs at the end of the day is a technology. Actually, I didn't come up with this, but I think I was watching one of Ember's uh, like interviews. And, you know, in the beginning, we used to say that, oh, you know, I'm listening to MP3s on like an MP3 player. MP3 was kind of like the new format in which we were, in the way that we were listening to music, as opposed to, you know, turning on the radio or like, or, or putting on a CD player. But right now, like, we don't ever say that, oh, I'm listening to an MP3, we're just like, I'm listening to music. So I think the same thing will happen with NFTs, right? Like your tickets are going to become NFTs, like medical records could become an NFT, um, like all of this information, it's just going to be on this technology that we're all using right now and that we're all trying to experiment and try and see what's happening around it but, and that's why you know I'm so excited to be building in this space because like no one has done what we're doing before and we're all just kind of learning and, and figuring things out along the way everything that Abby says <laughs> No, but I but I feel that I want to add on is that it's so funny because I was like I was taking a break. I think it was two months ago. Uh, I was in Paris for this women in tech event, and you know I wasn't on Twitter. And when I came back, 
the whole scenes changed. I saw that, you know, there were like um, Twitter spaces, like Goblin Town spaces. And then when I went in, everyone was making all these strange noise. And then I went to my team. I was like, oh my God, like I was only away for a week. Like what happened? And then my team was like, oh, everybody's doing free mints now. And, and then I go on Twitter and then you have all these crypto, uh, sorry, NFT influencers saying that, oh, free mint is the only way to prove that the team is capable. This is the only way to drive community, you know, all these kind of things. And I'm like, damn, you know, like if, imagine if I were to launch at, at that point. You know, it's going to be so challenging because the space have moved, I mean, have moved so fast. So I do second that on, on whatever Debbie has said. And I feel that this space really do move so fast. It's like, imagine I was just away for a week and I came back and everything has changed. It's just like how back then when the staking period came out, like this whole, everyone was doing staking. Uh, I remember a few of my members even, they even came up to me on an AMA saying that if you guys don't do staking, you guys will be left out. And thank goodness I didn't listen to him because like the next month, everyone was doing staking and then, you know, it just didn't work out. And later on, the metaverse trend came in and everybody said that, oh, your players need to be metaverse ready. You need to be in the 3D character and what else? Like, you know, nobody's going to buy it because everybody wants a metaverse avatar. And I was like, oh, because we are a 2D PFP and, it, and you know, it's going to be impossible for me to just like produce like a like a 3D metaverse characters in like a month, right? That wouldn't be possible. So then later on, like, a month later, that trend failed as well. I feel that we shouldn't be following trends because... If we were to catch up on all these trends, I feel that we will definitely be lost. I mean, it's just like chasing a train, right? Which is constantly moving. So I feel that if you were to start your own NFT project, is to just be true to yourself. What can you bring to the table and really try to grow your community from there? Of course, you can definitely take tips and all these trends to incorporate to your project to kind of like stay relevant in the space. We don't have to really always follow what the space is. It's kind of impossible. To- uh, along that, uh, what... Are the upcoming uh, trends, I guess, or any anything that you more uh, you guys are excited about? Not not necessarily trends, but just in the NFT space or the Web three space. Um, I mean, I think we're already seeing this, but I, I guess, you know, I'm really interested to see how token-gated experiences or access continues to evolve. Uh, like our hub platform, for example, is token-gated where, you know, it, it's really just a login, but it's in the form of an NFT instead. But I think it'll be really interesting to see how that kind of evolves and expands into other business models, you know, whether we're talking about like events or like ticketed experiences, but in the form of NFT on like merchandise stores, which we're already starting to see. And yeah, I think just the different ways that people can really use NFTs as a means to solve the problem as opposed to just being an NFT for the sake of being an NFT. And I guess, unfortunately, I would still say that the space is very speculation and hype driven. So some of the kind of nuances around like, oh, you know, doing a free mint, um, which, you know, I think maybe could be starting to die down a little bit, could be really hot for like a certain period of time, but it may not necessarily have longevity. So, you know, I think like echoing what Nicole said, that it can be really easy to jump in the bandwagon and to see like, oh, this is what's doing really well um, for right now. But I think it's really important to kind of figure out exactly as a project or as a business you know what it is you're looking to strive towards and like why nfts are the solution like is there or are you building a business that is trying to solve a problem that doesn't necessarily have to rely on nfts you know we're really interested in exploring the concepts of like soulbound tokens so you know earning achievements and accomplishments, which, you know, are tied to your wallet, like can be transferred to anywhere else. And I think starting to see some kind of innovations around that, because that really talks about kind of your on-chain credibility. And it's more about things that you're accomplishing, things that you're doing, as opposed to, you know, just kind of being in it for the money, right? And trading in and out. You know, I'm kind of excited to kind of see how um, different projects or different businesses start tapping into that as a way of continuing to build and innovate in the space. Yeah, I would say that the token gated one, is really cool. But I would say that there is actually a lot of new 
tools that a lot of these companies are actually building because when I was in NFT NYC, I connected with all these like builders in the space, all these tech people. And they're actually telling me all these really wonderful things that they can kind of tie it up to NFTs, you know, including like token gating and stuff like that. But everything is just a concept. But of course, you know, they are, they are building it. So I'm really excited to see what the future holds. And, you know, for us as project founders with communities and with artworks and NFTs, I feel that we should always be open to adapt to new tools and technology. It's just like how if we have this token gated tool, we can actually integrate it with our NFTs and we can kind of reward kind of like a token gated system for our members, not just to go to concerts or, or you know, merch and things like that, but even for like future things as well, even tied to maybe retail partners to have like this button in their in their website, right? And if you have our NFTs, if you have, I mean, if you own an HNFT, if you go to the website, you'll be able to get like discounts or perks or even have it in like a Google Chrome, kind of like an extension tab where you know how like there is like apps where you can click and then you can kind of like save money. It, it kind of gives you coupons and stuff like that. And imagine if you own an NFT, an Asian NFT, and it gives you that kind of access to all kinds of websites from travel to hotels and all these kind of things can be possible if we are able to kind of have all these web three tools to, to bridge to all these like web software and technology. So that is something that I'm really excited about beyond NFTs and JPEGs. I feel that there is a lot of awesome things building and in the next couple of months we will be able to see it i have one last one if, uh, if there's any upcoming projects yeah we have our beta to our review platform um officially going live on monday it's actually kind of like somewhat live um already but we are kind of waiting to monday to really do like a big announcement and push on it just kind of like checking a few things to make sure everything is uh, working well um and then yeah really excited to see for everybody to see what we've been working on behind the scenes that's just kind of like our version one beta there's a lot more things to kind of add on with regards to functionality to the review um, platform uh but yeah you know i'm um, so really excited about that and be something that we getting everybody to check out on monday yeah for asian as well we're trying to um, establish ourselves as a global brand so we have about for full ip in the in the real world for asian nft and uh, this month is actually really exciting we were able to secure a partnership with one of the largest japan retail store and it's gonna happen in 15 days or so uh, in two weeks so yeah you know do stay tuned and do check us out on hn twitter discord to stay tuned for the announcement it's really exciting so cool so thank you so much debbie for talking to us and nicole co-hosting uh, it's amazing uh, discussion we love hearing all the insights and advice again feel free to like and subscribe uh, to all our channels to podcasts thank you so much and stay tuned for our next one